Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Move my camera here a little bit. There we go. It's good to have you. Oh, no, wait a minute. I don't like that. There we go. That's better. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. Today is the eve of St. Michael and All Angels Day, which we'll celebrate tomorrow. We'll do our readings tomorrow, um, but we'll also celebrate it with divine service this evening. So uh, you'll hear preaching on the gospel and we'll look at the other texts tomorrow um, in our morning prayer. But today we're going to continue with actually one of the hardest readings, I think, in the scripture, one of the hardest to hear and the hardest to believe, maybe, uh, from Jesus again in his, I believe it's his second discourse in the gospel according to Matthew. Uh, and we'll draw a connection to um, the aspect of coveting that maybe we don't talk about too much. All right, so we'll get to that in a minute. First, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Say our memory verse, and this again was from Sunday's Gospel. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Matthew 6, verses 33 through 34. Had a great discussion with the children this morning on that text. Um, one of my little aspiring theologians, you know, asked about, uh, you know, what what is worrying about tomorrow's own things? What is he talking about there? All right. Of course, you know, he's talking. Uh, well, actually, we drew a connection to, um, you know, those in the midst of uh, the hurricane in uh, Florida, in that you know, when you're in the midst of a, a disaster like that. You're probably not thinking too much about tomorrow. You're really just thinking about how one foot in front of the other, how do I get through today, right? And actually Jesus um, says that that's, that's the life of faith, is that we leave tomorrow to him and we worry today about the things that matter, um, namely his kingdom and his righteousness, his word and his forgive- that gives forgiveness. All right. Our psalm is Psalm 119, beginning in verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your just decrees are good. Behold, I long for your precepts and your righteousness. Give me life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our commandment, ninth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not scheme to get our neighbor's inheritance or house, or get it in a way which only appears right, 
but help and be of service to him in keeping it. Tenth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not entice or force away our neighbor's wife, workers, or animals, or turn them against him, but urge them to stay and to do their duty. So I would suggest that one of the aspects of coveting that we don't talk about is really what, why, why not covet? Why protect your neighbor's possessions and, and his house and his wife and um, urge his animals even to stay and do their duty? Right? It has to do with faith and has to do um, with the confession, in particular, that, that God gives to your neighbor the things that he has, and it's not yours then to take or to scheme or to, um, to entice away what God has given to your neighbor. And so it's actually an act of unbelief or an act of rebellious unbelief, uh, a kind of idolatry um, of stuff, right? It's, an, it's a, one of the ways that um, we serve mammon is, you know, we spend a good deal of effort trying to get what is our neighbor's and make it our own, right? Um, and it's not limited, I would say, to the elite or to the, uh, the wealthy, uh, but it really drives all of sinful humanity, all right? And it, and it is a kind of rebellion. Well, it isn't kind of. It is a rebellion against the confession that God gives what we need. God gives daily bread as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, all right? Um, and that means also then that we can make, you know, in the way that we serve our our the idol of mammon by trying to scheme or take away our neighbor's uh, possessions and income and other things, uh, his uh, living animate, you know, possessions, if you like, his wife and his children and family and uh, animals and workers and all of that. Uh, we can also make an idol out of our own things, right? Um, the things that God has given us, including our own wife and children and family and um, workers and land and animals and house and inheritance. We can turn those things into idols too, where we, uh, love them more than we love God, all right? And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. Our first reading is from Hebrews 13. Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Yeah. Think of uh, Luther's hymn on Psalm 32, I believe, right? A mighty fortress. Um, Take they our goods, fame, child, and wife. Though these all be gone, the victory has been won, the kingdom ours remaineth. Right? That's Luther's reflection also on uh, Matthew Matthew 6, verses 33 and 34, a memory verse, uh, but also something like what it said here in Hebrews. What can man do to me? They can take everything from me, but they cannot take Jesus from me, hmm? even if they try. All right. And to that point, uh, our reading for catechesis is from Matthew chapter 10. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. 
and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. All right, as I said at the beginning, uh, one of the more challenging readings from Jesus, I think, one of, uh, I believe, from his second discourse here. All right, how does uh, one acknowledge Jesus? Confessing him uh, before men, right? Namely, that he is the source of life, God in the flesh. So then, how do men disown Jesus or deny him before men? Again, deny Jesus as the source of life and as God in the flesh. Right? So that's 32, 33. We're just uh, importing here what he means by confession and denying. Right? So in 34, um, what kind of peace is Jesus then talking about? It's not earthly peace, right? Because he brings a sword. So what kind of peace is he talking about? Hmm. Not peace on earth, right? Um, an earthly peace or a harmony between the nations is not what he has in mind here. Uh, it's peace between God and man, right? Uh, so then what's the sword that he brings? Is it violence? Is it destruction? Or might we understand this in the way that St. Paul does? Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, right? Uh, the sword of the Spirit, which is his word that kills by the law and makes alive by the gospel, right? And thereby brings peace. So this has to do with um, the confession of Jesus in particular, Right? Where will the believer's enemies often be found, according to Jesus here? And, uh, of course, it's within one's own family. Now, that's the part that I think is hard um, to hear. And thanks be to God, it's probably not true for many of us, um, but it is always the potential. Um, Here he's quoting um, Micah chapter 7, I believe. Yeah, Micah chapter 7. And also, um, you'll hear echoes in the psalmody, too. Um, Psalm 41, Psalm 55, elsewhere, all right? So it's a repeated theme throughout the Old Testament. Um, when he says his own family, I mean, he can mean, um, you know, your, your blood family, but it can also, and maybe this is true here, refer to the Christian congregation, your family of, of faith, right? So what does Jesus ask of us in 30, verse 37, right? to find our worth, to be worthy, um, in him alone, right? We find our worth in him, not in ourselves. Uh, Vicky says, many women of my generation struggle with making our children our idols, myself included, chief of sinners though I be, exclamation mark. Yeah, um, this is true. It's, I'll do anything for my child. Um, but, of course, and the question is, what if your child is rebelling against God's word? Maybe the thing they need is actually your rebuke, your correction, right? but you're probably not going to do that to an idol. All right. Um, Then he says something that I think is misunderstood by many, so it's worth kind of expanding upon. Uh, Verse 38, he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. All right, so taking one's cross, what does that mean? All right, Um, you know, think about Jesus' cross first. Why did he die? Because of what he said and who he was, right? That he is the source of life, God in the flesh. Right? That's why he was crucified. Right? Um, so how about for us? To take up our cross is also um, to live a life of faith, confessing Christ, even as the world, our neighbors, even our own family, um, chastises, rebukes us, or even pokes fun at us for doing so. So to find life in the things of this world, 
even in our own families, is to lose life, according to Jesus, then. Right? For life comes from Christ alone, who has suffered um, the bitterness of the cross for our salvation. Conf- to take up the cross is to confess the love of Christ for us is the only love that's necessary. Not the love of spouse, not the love of children, Christ's love. For he is the one who is truly worthy and has made atonement for sins. And then, as we said in our memory verse from Matthew uh, 6, he gives us his righteousness as a gift, right? His worth, our worth is in him, not in ourselves. Um, and that's really the, the key here in verse 39, for my sake, who loses his life for my sake, right? This is not to go out of our way to make enemies, of course not, right? But it is to suffer the hatred of the world, sometimes of family members, even of members of our own congregation and church body when we insist that there is life in Christ and Christ alone, right? So, uh, uh, like I said, a challenging reading. Um, but again, it, uh, we're talking about coveting, and coveting is it leads to idolatry. Uh, the ninth and 10th commandment then connected very directly to the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. In a way, it's actually, um, they're, you think of if you think of the commandments as a circle that puts the ninth and tenth right next to the first commandment, and so it leads right back to the first commandment. That's how I prefer to think of the commandments as as a whole, right, or as a circle rather than as a linear progression one way or the other way. You can think of it both ways, but it keeps running in circles that way. We make other gods. We desire what isn't ours, and thereby we rebel against God. He calls us to repentance. We confess faith in Him. We pray to Him. He brings um, honor to our family, etc. Yeah, and that this is this is always the challenge with the gifts of love, as as Chris says. Um, we receive gifts from Christ um, as objects of our love and as gifts of love from Him, but um, our sinful hearts will take even a good gift from God and love it more, um, be unwilling to give it up, um, even in you know when necessary for the sake of faith. Yeah. So, like I said, it's difficult. Um, I think it's going to become increasingly difficult as the demonic forces have ramped up their attacks um, against uh, the Christian church, against the Christian home, against um, societies that were ostensibly Christian themselves as well, and trying to unravel um, and lead many into chaos, disbelief, um, and great shame. Right. Uh, and so then there's going to be a call. I, I think increasingly so for us as Christians um, to hold fast to Christ, to his word, um, to testify even when it means um, and we might lose friends or family over the deal, right? But which would we rather have, the kingdom of God and his righteousness or creature comforts, right? Good. So let's uh, try to bring this all together. The apostles would acknowledge Jesus by proclaiming him to be the redeemer of the sinful world. So the preacher of the gospel is called to proclaim Christ alone as the Redeemer to men who confess their sinfulness. The man of faith hears this consoling word that he is acknowledged before the Father for the sake of Christ. Any other message which proclaims the goodness of men or demands works of righteousness disowns Christ, for it denies that the purchase price of Christ's blood is all-sufficient. Such a preacher will be disowned before the Father, that is, will be removed from the ranks of the redeemed. The cross is always given by God himself, which is why faith confesses that it is good and takes it. Against the objections of our flesh, we must be taught to confess that apparent evil is really good. Even things like, I think 
in today's setting, disease, famine, national disasters, um, hurricanes, uh, and even our own sins can become the cross through which we are prepared to live with Christ in the resurrection, that we trust in him and him alone. The biblical teaching known as the theology of the cross teaches us that God accomplishes his greatest good in the midst of human suffering and when human reason is contradicted. That's quoting Luther from the Heidelberg Disputation. For the sake of Christ, our flesh dies and we are made alive with Christ. Really hard saying, really hard to hear, right? That God accomplishes his greatest good in the midst of human suffering and when human reason is contradicted. So one of the actions of the Christian in faith, of course, to live in our vocations, but to receive all things um, as coming from God, even disease, famine, national disasters, hurricanes, and even our own sin, right? That God um, allows us to experience these things for the sake of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Um, I think one of the mistakes, maybe, um, that some Christians have made, I, I include myself among that ranks, among those ranks is to despair in the face of all sorts of, um, well, I would say fairly overt and evil actions o- over the last couple of years. Now you, you know, understand that however you'd like. And then to despair and to say God is, you know, even to think perhaps, maybe not say out loud, that God has for, uh, forsaken us or forgotten us or um, this is our fault. Well, of course it is. Um, but God has not forsaken us and he's not forgotten us. Um, but he has allowed us to suffer these things and continue to suffer them, um, that we would put our faith in him and trust in him. Um, even as he takes from us, he could take from us our national sovereignty, our country. He could take from us our land and property. He could take from us... Um, our well-being. Um, we've had in the last, well, since uh, President Biden was um, selected, we've had $9 trillion of wealth um, wiped out of the uh, U.S. stock holding, for example, right? So um, things that people had put their hope and trust in for retirement, for example, have been uh, severely um, decimated, I guess, is the right word. Well, maybe we shouldn't put our fear and trust in things like Medicare, Medicaid, um, or, or investments, or pensions, or any of those things. All right? I'm not saying you can't have them, but if you trust in them, um, well, the Lord might just take them from you because of your trust in them. Um, he will not allow idols to sit on their th- sit on in the throne of your heart. This is hard, hard to hear. Um, And that's why this text is hard for us to hear, but I think it's essential for us to remember. Okay. With that, let's sing our hymn for the week. Uh, Again, turning to faith in Christ and his gladness.
of heaven, of the true Redeemer heart. Our souls thou wakest, our bonds thou breakest, who trust thee surely has built securely Easton's forever. Alleluia. Our hearts are pining to see thy shining, dying or living to thee are cleaving, not can us sever. Alleluia. Since he is ours, we fear no powers, not of earth nor sin. Distresses he and chains them with a breath. Wherefore the story tell of his glory with hearts and voices, all heaven rejoices in him forever. Alleluia. We shout for gladness, triumph for sadness. Love him and praise him, and still praise him, glad him forever. Alleluia. All right, let us pray. Gracious Lord, forgive us for coveting a spouse, worker, or relationship with someone that you have not given us. And strengthen our faith in Jesus so that we do not entice or force away our neighbor's wife, workers, or animals, or turn them against him, but urge them to stay and do their duty. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we pray the collect for the week. O Lord, we implore you, let your continual pity cleanse and defend your church. And because she cannot continue in safety without your aid, preserve her evermore by your help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for our marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children, live in ordered harmony according to the Word of God, for parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray this day uh, for our households, that of Jim, Dennis, Stephanie, Deborah, Aaron, Robert, and all those of our congregation. Also pray for our catechumens, we pray for those ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Dan, Brad, Ron, Betty, Pat, Connie, and Heidi. Pray for our homebound Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, Paul, and Pauline. We pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of Anchor of Hope. We pray in intercession for victory over temptations and for safekeeping from the devil's plots. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. 
For into your hands I commend myself, my body, and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, very good. It's been great to have you with us here. Um, Good questions, good chat. Uh, Those of you who watch later in the day, greetings to you as well, or listen on the podcast. I uh, encourage you to go and subscribe to our channels uh, in on every platform. So you can see the links below. Just subscribe everywhere. That way, if uh, one platform and the other isn't working, um, you can always hop over quickly. You'll get a notification for them. Uh, and you can watch on Odyssey or on um, on YouTube if you're on Facebook. Um, and then the podcast version, of course, you get the audio later in the day. Maybe it's helpful to go back and listen to it, even on two times speed, <laughs> um, to have that again You know, for an evening devotion. So that's an option as well. All right. So um, God be with you all. I hope to see you this evening. We have catechesis at 530 for the youth. We'll be um, discussing Cain and Abel. Um, And there again, um, sacrifice and the notion of uh, right worship and faith. And then uh, divine service at seven o'clock. And again, we're going to celebrate um, on the eve of St. Michael and all angels that day. All right. So I hope I can see you this evening, uh, seven o'clock for divine service. Right, Lord be with you all, and we'll see you soon. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org. That's stjohnrandomlake.org/support and give today.